My name is Matthew Becker. As the owner of a fitness facility and an attorney, I have a lot of things that I need to get done in a day. I've spent the last few years developing strategies that allow me to constantly move forward while also living the best life that I can live. On this podcast, I share those strategies with you along with other thoughts and ideas that allow you to live your best life through the concept of the aggregation of marginal gains. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Stronger Revolution, the first episode of 2021. We made it through 2020. Lots of great content came out in 2020, as we talked a lot about habits and overcoming adversity and moving on to the next level and always trying to move forward, etc., etc. So if you moved, if you missed any of those episodes back in 2020, feel free to go back and give it all a listen. Today, for the first episode of 2021, we are going to finish up our series on habits and habit forming with how to get rid of bad habits. Just in a quick recap, three episodes ago, we started on episode number one of habit forming. And in that episode, we talked about the basic formula for a habit, which is B equals M-A-P. B, behavior modification equals M for motivation, A for ability, and P for prompt. We then, in episode one, talked about motivation itself and how flighty motivation is and how sometimes motivation can get us started, but ultimately we're going to run out of motivation. And so therefore, we have to boil down a new habit so small that it doesn't matter what kind of motivation that we have we can still perform the new action. Second episode, we talked about ability. Ability is simply the knowledge, the skill, whatever you wanna call it, in order to perform the new action. We then talked about the ability chain, which is something that we are going to come back to, but basically the ability chain means that in order to form a new habit, in order to have the ability to form a new habit, you have to have the time to form it. You have to have the money. If it's a monetary habit or a habit that requires some monetary value, you have to be able to put forth the physical effort, the mental effort, and then either it has to fit into a current routine or you have to be able to add a routine to your life in order to add this habit. On episode number three, we talked about the prompt. The prompt is very simply anything at all that reminds you to perform the action that is forming the habit. This could be a reminder on your phone. This could be a reminder in your calendar. This could be a pink post-it note on the doorway. This could be a sticker on the refrigerator that simply says, don't forget to grab something healthy. This could be a time. I think in that episode, if, if not, I, I think I talked about it. If not, uh, I was talking to other people about it, simply saying that I am a very time-oriented person. And when I was learning about these prompts, when I was listening to, or sorry, reading Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg, it occurred to me that in my life, 
my primary prompt to remind me to do anything is simply the clock. I am very regimented in the time of day in which I do things, especially during the week on Monday through Friday. 4 a.m. I wake up, 4.30 I'm done making breakfast, so I go in and brush my teeth and get ready to leave. 4.45 I leave the house, 5 o'clock I arrive at the gym and I start writing the workout up on the board. 5.15 my first class starts, etc., etc., etc. 3.30 in the afternoon I work out, 1 o'clock hits and I'm eating lunch. You know, it, it's like these times in my day that are very consistent and those end up being my prompts. But prompts could be anything, anything at all. Uh, the best prompts are the prompts that fit into a current routine in which you already have. And an even better prompt, wait, could it be the best prompt than an even better prompt? Let's say the, a better prompt would be fit into your best your current routine. The even best prompt would be a prompt that is part of your current routine that then prompts you to do something else. In the book, Tiny Habits, the author uses an example of somebody who wants to start doing push-ups as a regular part of their life. So they use brushing their teeth, which is part of their already part of their routine, in order to prompt them to do push-ups. Anyway, throughout those three different episodes, what we were really doing was laying a foundation for how to form a new habit. Obviously, that's the point of three episodes on habit forming. But the underlying message was also, if you're having a hard time forming any new habit, it's going to fall within one of these three pieces that are required to form a new habit. Either you don't have the motivation to do it, you don't have the ability to do it, or you don't have a good enough prompt to remind you to do it. And if you're having a hard time forming a habit, what you need to do is then step back and look at one of these three things. First, you have to look at your motivation. Do you have the motivation to carry out the habit? If so, and you can't, still can't seem to perform the action, then is the action so easy that it's almost impossible for you not to do it? If you're trying to form a habit of doing 50 push-ups a day and you just can't bring yourself to do 50 push-ups a day, yeah, you maybe got the motivation to do it, but you just can't get off the, off the couch. Maybe what you need to do is you need to start with two push-ups a day because two push-ups, if you're gunning for 50, is probably so easy that it's just like laughable not to do it. So you knock down the, the action that so it's something so small that it's almost impossible for you not to do it. That's how we get over motivation. Then if we're looking at our new habit that we're trying to form and maybe it's just like, yeah, we don't really have the ability to do it. Well, how do we figure that out? Well, we look at the ability chain. So first and foremost, do you have the time to do it? And if not, then you maybe you need to create the time to do it. Do you have the money to do it? If you're trying to create a new habit of, let's say, going horseback riding, but you don't have the money to afford the horse, you don't have the money to afford horseback riding lessons, you don't have the money to pay to rent a horse, I guess that's what you do for a day if you want to go out and ride or pay somebody to take you on a ride. Anyway, um, if you don't have the money to do it, then perhaps that's the problem. Why you can't form the new habit is you can't afford the new habit. Next in the ability chain is the physical effort. Do you have the physical effort in order to perform the new habit? If you're trying to create a habit of running three miles every day, but you don't have the physical effort or physical ability to run three miles every day, then you're not going to get there. 
at least not on day one. So you have to work then on developing the physical ability in order to complete the habit. Next in the, in the, the ability chain is the mental ability. Do you have the smarts to do it? If you're trying to learn to cook dinner and making home-cooked dinner a habit as a regular thing in your life, but you don't know how to cook dinner, then you don't have the mental ability to cook dinner. You have to acquire that mental ability through training and education, perhaps going out to a class or a certification or something like that. And then finally, does it fit into a current routine or do you have to add an entirely new routine to your life in order for this to take effect. If you are trying to develop a habit of flossing your teeth, chances are, I'm willing to bet, you're already brushing your teeth. Perhaps you're brushing your teeth at least two times a day. That's part of your routine. So fitting flossing into that current routine because it goes along with that routine is going to be a lot easier than if you're trying to form a new habit of working out, but you currently don't belong to a gym, you don't make time in your day, you can't afford or you don't know if you can afford it, you aren't doing anything that gives you the current physical ability to do it, eh, mental ability, okay, maybe you just have to get over a little bit of fear, um, but you don't actually have any part of your day allotted to or dedicated to providing you time or providing you the space to work out. So you have to make it part of your current routine. Finally, if we're having a hard time still forming a habit, we've got the motivation, we've got the activity pared down so far that we have to be able to do it. We've gone through the ability chain and we've got each one of the ability chain uh, port, port parts checked off then we look at our prompt. What is reminding us to carry out this action? We have to be flexible in order to change up the prompt sometimes. If it's a reminder on our phone in order to get up and make breakfast, but for whatever reason we still aren't getting up and making breakfast, then that prompt's not working. We need to come up with a different prompt. And the best prompts that we can have are prompts that are already part of our routine. If we're trying to make breakfast, and the prompt for making breakfast is getting up out of bed, everybody gets up out of bed at some point in the morning. If you can use getting up, waking up, getting out of bed as your prompt to make breakfast, then it's going to be a lot easier to form that habit. So that was a really quick, eh, maybe quick, took me about nine or ten minutes, to review the last three episodes of forming good habits. But while I was reading Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg, and perhaps... For you guys who have accumulated about an hour and a half of listening to me up to this point talk about habits, perhaps what you were wondering, like I was wondering, is what do we do about bad habits? Sure enough, toward the end of the book, Mr. Fogg, Dr. Fogg, he's a PhD, Dr. Fogg, answers the question on how we kill bad habits. Conventional thinking, and I would even say, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, or at least said these next few words on the podcast before, conventional thinking is in order to get rid of a bad habit, you have to replace it with a good habit. Seems rather simple. And this was sort of a light bulb moment for me when I read uh, Tiny Habits is, why isn't it that easy? Why isn't it so easy to replace a bad habit with a good habit, thereby killing the bad habit. And the reason for that, according to Dr. Fogg, is that oftentimes we're already performing the bad habit. It's already part of our time. 
we're affording it. It's within our physical ability. It's within our mental ability. It's part of our routine. We have a prompt to do it. We have the motivation to do it. It's already there. We're already doing the habit. And now to overcome that with an entirely new habit, something that's often too difficult for us to form as a habit to begin with, is not going to do anything to overcome a bad habit. So what we're essentially doing is we're trying to take a harder habit or a harder action to form into a habit that's a good habit, and we're trying to use that in order to overcome the bad habit. Rewind five minutes ago when we were talking about why sometimes it's so hard to form a habit, and we instantly can see why overcoming a bad habit by trying to form a good habit doesn't work. So what does BJ Fogg propose in order to fix this? He says, you gotta go back to B equals M-A-P. If we're trying to overcome a bad habit, the first thing we have to do is sit down and figure out what action is going to overcome that bad habit. Hmm, all right. Let's start to use some examples here. All right, let's use um, me consuming alcohol. It's a, it's a subject that I've touched on, and so it's no big surprise if you've listened to the podcast before. Uh, I've, I've offered up my examples of, of drinking alcohol or not drinking alcohol in the past. I am not going to get anywhere near the discussion of whether or not consuming alcohol is a habit versus an addiction and what the difference is. I am not going to touch that. I'm just going to talk about it as a habit because what I, what I will often tell people when they ask me, like, how did you completely remove drinking alcohol from your life? What I often tell them is it wasn't so simple as just stopping drinking. I had to relearn all of the activities I used to do without drinking. So things like cooking dinner. I had to learn how to cook dinner at night without having a glass of alcohol next to me or into my hand or right around the corner, etc., etc. I had to learn how to sit on the porch at the beach watching the ocean without having a glass of alcohol right there next to me. So bottom line is I had this bad habit that I had to overcome and it was difficult for me to overcome that. But what we can do is we can look at MAP and we can break down each one of those individual things to determine how is it that I could make stopping drinking, the habit of drinking, how can I make that easier? Well, first, I need to have a motivation to stop drinking. Now, if I try to go zero to 60 with no drinking, I drink, let's just say, um, four drinks a day. I, I, I have four beers a day. And now all of a sudden, Monday through Friday, I drink four beers a day, and I'm gonna to try to cut that to zero beers a day. I might be really motivated to do it on day one, but that's a big hop going from, what would that be, 20 beers a week to zero beers a week? That's a really big jump. So the first thing you have to do is we gotta cut it down that it's so easy that it's, it's, it's not gonna be hard for me to do it. So maybe that's going from four beers to three beers. It's a step. Right? And then from there, when I master that, I can go from three beers to two beers. Right? Something that's so easy that it's almost like I can't do it or I can't not do it. Double negatives. I have to do it. So, all right, I've got the motivation. I've pared this activity down so small. The activity itself is to stop drinking. How am I going to stop drinking? I'm going to remove one can of beer from my diet 
every day. Next, do I have the ability to do this? Well, I have to develop the ability to not drink as much as I had to develop the ability to drink. So first and foremost, time. That's the first thing in the ability chain. Maybe what I need to do is I need to look at my life and figure out where in my life every day I've made time in order to consume four beers and I have to fill that time with something else. So therefore, I don't have the time to drink. I did this when I, was fin- when I stopped drinking alcohol simply by filling my nighttime routine with a whole bunch of other things like um, working a little bit extra and then making sure that um, I was in and out of the shower quickly so that I had more time around my wife so that somebody was there kind of watching me. It's that, that sounds sort of, I don't know, like not childish, but like I needed a supervisor or something. But it, it was just the fact that like, it was like that accountability buddy. You know, like somebody was there. So I was like, eh, I'm not going to do this because somebody's just sitting right there. She's not really like watching me, but eh, just don't really want to do it. So I removed the time to do it. Next is money. If you're drinking four beers a day, then that's gonna take up a lot of money each week. Remove that money, give it away to charity, sock it away into a savings account, figure out something healthier to spend it on. Maybe you need to take, what I don't know, what's a case of beer anymore, like 30 bucks, 40 bucks, and start buying additional healthy food, or put that toward a new computer, or something that, that you can use in a more productive manner. Physical ability. Do I have the physical ability to consume uh, four beers a day? Yes, I am. What do I need to do? I need to remove that physical ability to do that. I can't really think right off the top of my head on how I would do that, but that's what we would have to do. Or mental ability. Not really applicable on this habit. Or routine. This is probably the biggest one that I've now talked about that I had to change. Everything else in the ability chain was all there. I had to change my routine. So my routine was come home from the gym, go up, get a shower, come down from the shower, go into the um, the china cabinet, pour myself a drink, go into the kitchen, start making dinner. That was my routine. I had to change that routine. In order to change that routine, first thing I had to do is remove the alcohol from the house. Once I was able to do that, then it no longer fit within my routine. Every Friday, I would go after uh, motions court in the morning and I would go to the liquor store to buy what I was going to drink the next week. That was my routine. What did I have to do? I had to stop that. I had to change that routine. Once I changed that routine, I killed the ability to do it. Once I put that chink in the ability chain, it made it a lot easier to kill that bad habit and start forming new habits. Sometimes just the forming of the new habit is stopping the old habit. Finally, once you analyze the ability chain, you then have to look at the prompt. Perhaps the prompt is what you need to overcome in order to stop doing something. Uh, Analyzing the drinking aspect of things, how would I kill the prompt? Oh, very easy. You go out to dinner. Everybody around the dinner table says, hey, anybody want to drink? Boom, prompt. That's a prompt that then you say, oh yeah, I would like a drink. And off you are ordering one. Okay. At the end of the meal, everybody's, the waiter comes by and says, anybody want anything for dessert? Ah, prompt. Now you're going to order something for dessert. That becomes a habit. 
Instead, you can remove those prompts. It might seem a little bit rude, but at the restaurant, you can say to the waiter or waitress when they come to, to take your order, this is our order. When we're done, we'd like the check. Don't worry about dessert. Right? You can say it in a much more jovial way. Right? You don't have to be quite so you know, like short with it. But um, you sit down at dinner with a bunch of friends and somebody says, anybody want a drink? Prompt. No. Thanks. I'm good. I'm just going to stick with water. That's your new habit. That habit is the new response. You get home from work and your buddy calls you up and says, hey, want to play video games? Boom. Prompt. Yes, I do. That's my habit to go play video games. I'm not going to the gym. I got to kill that bad habit of going over and sitting in my buddy's house and chugging down drinks and, and chips and whatever else while we play video games for two hours a night. So what am I going to do? I'm going to remove that prompt. My buddy calls up and I say, hey, you know what? I got really a lot of motivation today. This is day one. Uh, all I got to do is tell him, no, I'm not coming over. I'm motivated to do it. I'm just going to say, hey, Bobby, you know what? Uh, no, I'm not going to come over anymore to play video games. I'm going to start going to the gym. You've killed the prompt. All right. So in order to kill a bad habit and start to bring in better habits, we just simply go back to B equals M-A-P. Look at motivation, ability, and prompt. How do each one of those things play into the bad habit? And then all you have to do is start to remove one of those things. Either the motivation, the time, the money, the physical ability, the mental ability, the routine, the prompt. And we already know that if one of those three factors, motivation, ability, or prompt is missing, then a habit, whether it's a good or bad habit, is already hard to form. So if we take a habit and we remove one of those three things, then the habit is going to be hard to carry out. That's how you kill a bad habit. All right. This is probably going to be the last episode on habits, habit forming, bad habits, whatever. We're going to move on to new topics. It just so happened that all of these habit episodes came out right around the end of the year when everybody gets all motivated to go into the new year with new year resolutions. Honestly, that wasn't planned. Um, I didn't realize that until I was on the Christmas break. And then I was like, oh, wow. That actually worked out really well. So I hope you guys have found this stuff interesting. Ask questions if you need to. Otherwise, I'm going to move on to probably a new topic. Before I leave you, I've got a quote. This one is from Benjamin Franklin and is very applicable. Mr. Franklin said, quote, It is easier to prevent bad habits than to break them. End quote. All right, guys. I will be back hopefully in another week on a new episode of The Strong Revolution. As always, thanks for listening.